0: Hello and welcome to another Bond Marathon episode on the Autor Archives podcast. This time we tackle Roger Moore's third film and arguably his best as 007 in The Spy Who Loved Me, a film containing an underwater car, a steel-toothed henchman, an epic shootout on a tanker and an intriguing relationship between Bond's female counterpart in Major Anya Amasova aka Agent Triple X. As always we each rate the film out of 10 and discuss where they rank among the others. If you haven't already, make sure to listen to the previous Bond episodes to get up to speed. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Tom thanks for doing another episode Uh, how are we doing
1: right Jack yeah good thanks yeah very good yourself
0: yeah I'm not too bad thank you right so today we're going to talk about the third Roger Moore film the spy who loved me um I think we said on we both agreed on the last episode this is one we're quite looking forward to because I think yeah yeah it's one that is held in quite high regard um And to see basically if it still holds up. So just kind of going in with our rough uh, thoughts, first of all. You're coming out of watching this film. Where do you stand with it,
1: briefly? So I obviously really enjoyed Man with a Golden Gun. Mm -hmm. Um, I I thought this was a bit of a letdown, if I'm honest. This is going to be heated, okay. (laughs) I just found it. A little bit forgettable and and unimaginative. I, I yeah yeah. I just after I watched it, I actually struggled to think back about what it was all about. But I did I did actually enjoy whilst I was watching it. I just I just think is a bit of a forgettable and, and slightly yeah unimaginative film.
0: I, I could not disagree with you more. Wow. Um, I mean, come on! You've got Jaws, probably the most iconic, or one of the most iconic henchmen. You've got. We'll co- Okay, we'll come on to the details and things. But overall, for me, absolutely love this one. Really yeah. enjoyed it. Enjoyed it a lot more. Um, we'll we'll break down into what we think of individual parts. But yeah, I enjoyed it a lot more than I remembered it. Actually. Um, okay. We'll, we'll come on to our summaries and scores at the end, no doubt. Um well, <laughs> yeah, this will make for an interesting conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's start with the intro then, because, you know, that's no better place to start. Um, what are your thoughts on the intro to this particular film?
1: So I really like the intro, actually. I think I think it's brilliant. I think the, the premise is really good as well. There's two two nuclear nuclear subs get kind of they go missing one, one British, one Russian. It shows the two, you know, the top agents from from Britain and from Russia. Bond and obviously is um, kind of the love interest as well. Um, I like how you you just assume um, that it's going to be the bloke in that yeah. shot, and it turns out that it's her who's the um, who's the Russian yeah, agent. Yeah. Which, that's great. Um, and it's got some great one-liners in there. And it's got a ski chase as well. And I'm a massive sucker for a ski chase. So yeah, I think that that whole opening scene is it's brilliant.
0: I think I'm gonna call it now hot take, the best intro so far.
1: Okay. I think
0: I think it's brilliant. I think it changes the your there's a few, like you mentioned there, it you changes your perception of what you think is going to happen because you see a character who looks from behind. He looks like he is Bond. And, you know, there's an assumption there when they say agent triple um, they're talking about this, uh, the, the guy being the agent, and then he gets out of bed and it's the woman who responds to the message. I thought, that's quite cool. Didn't remember that first time around. Like you said, it's good to see, like, the... Uh, M and um, I think it's is it General Gogol who's like the Russian version of M and they're kind of dealing with the same issue but from a British and Russian perspectives but the ski scene I mean it's just fantastic you've got that amazing line at the start where she's like um, she's like I need you and he goes so does England and he just gets, <laughs> he leave, uh, shuts the door with his bright yellow outfit, which, I mean, you kind of ask him for it. It's like, where is he? Oh, there he is. He's the bright yellow th- uh, outfit on the white snow. <laughs> um, but yeah, really great. Um, I, I too am a sucker for a, a ski scene. Um, you've even got his, actually, we haven't mentioned it. There's two gadgets in this in this intro as well. The most hilarious being, his watch, which also uh, works as a like a mini fax machine, <laughs> which <where it> just <laughs> prints out a message. Why don't you just send a message to your screen? I know it's like the seventies, <laughs> but I was like, so what? It's just storing loads of like fax paper in there. It was just, uh, yeah, brilliant, classic. But yeah, then he's yeah. doing the um, the ski jump, and he's got like a ski uh, gun, hasn't he? That he fires, and uh, what the guy he's killed. Is triple X's sort of um, partner that we see, who we think is Bond earlier on in the film. So that kind of sets up a uh, a scene which we'll go into later on. But, I mean, we have to mention the, the the cliff jump as well. How it, when you first watch it, I mean, I knew going in what was going to happen. But he, yeah. Bond goes off the, the jump and loses his skis and there's a moment where you think, oh shit, he's just going to plummet to his death. Cuts to silence and then the parachute opens up with the Union Jack on and the Bond theme kicks in. It's just like fist pump in the air. It's such a great start. And then cut straight into the theme tune. I think it's absolutely fantastic.
1: Yeah, um, no, yeah, yeah, it's, it is. Yeah, it's, it's very, very good. I don't know. I don't know if it's better than Goldfinger as a as an opening scene, but it's it's definitely number two if it's not if it's not top. and i love yeah as you said i love how long it takes for the parachute to open he's free falling for ages and you're like shit what's what's going on and then yeah Union jack is yeah it's brilliant and the the theme tune as well is is really good yeah let's
0: let's talk let's talk more on the theme on the theme tune then because i think it, it strays the line of pop song and a bond song as well because yeah, it's the female uh, vocal, Carly Simon. Obviously, nobody does it better. It's a great song. Um, I was, I'm was, i in an R in whether I think it fits the Bond blueprint, but I think it does, like I said, strays that line between the two of that and a pop song, because I think it is probably one of the most popular songs on its own merit as well that's associated with Bond. I just wanted to get yeah. your thoughts on that as well. It sounds like you're kind of the same.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it's, um, it is quite a... It's a well-known song, because it is a, it because it is a great song, um, mm. but I think it, it does work as a as a Bond theme, and I think the um, yeah, the kind of graphics as as the song's playing is is brilliant as well. The the song is playing whilst you know there's a load of silhouettes of guns, and then these like topless acrobats are just swinging around the barrels, and it's just it's so Bond, isn't it? And it's yeah yeah, I think it's brilliant. I think it's a great it's a great um, theme and and. Yeah.
0: yeah great <laughs> it's a great intro I, it always reminds me of um uh, alan partridge i don't know if you've ever seen that episode where he like reenacts <laughs> the, um spy who loved me intro and he's like he even describes the 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 bond girl that swings on the on the luger on the gun and he's just like oh, yeah. swinging and there's a bit i made a note as well that like bond is on a trampoline He's <laughs> literally bouncing around the screen as like a silhouette of him which i thought was great um Okay, going going on to the plot, which I'll quickly read off IMDb, like always. Um, So James Bond investigates the hijacking of British and Russian submarines carrying nuclear warheads with the help of a KGB agent whose lover he killed, which we've kind of just summarized here. Uh, And that's kind of the starting point of this. And then we go on to um, the villain in Stromberg and obviously the the side characters in this as well. I think you've kind of mentioned it at the start, but your, your thoughts on the kind of overall plot or plot points that stood out
1: for you that were, that were good or bad? So I think the, the plot's an interesting one. Um, it's, it's kind of that, that world domination thing, but it's it's got an interesting twist that Stromberg is, he has this vision for how the world should be, where, whereas everyone should live underwater basically in his, in his world. Um, and I think that's I think it's great because he doesn't want anything. there's no only bond can save him. like there's no ransom, <clears throat> there's no money that that could stop him from following through this plan. the bond is the only hope um and i think I think that's great, and it his him as a character, he builds how he is this sort of relentless. Um, all he cares about is his his view on on how the world should be, and he's he's an interesting character, isn't he? Because he's quite a he's an older, very calm, very collected, but very evil, twisted um, yeah. guy. Yeah, I think he
0: good. reminds me he's very similar to Blofeld. I think in his world domination plot um, that he puts out that he's he's undeterred by money or anything like that he's he's almost like sort of cat and mouse like with Bond on on other stuff because there are scenes as well where he he knows who he is but he's toying with him like when he turns up and he's like pretend to be a professor i think um yeah and he he knows who he is and i think we get quite a good intro to him uh let's just kind of talk into the villain now as a, a talking piece but i think he's quite a good um intro to him where he there's this really tense scene like you said he's quite calm and collected in uh, most parts um when he realizes those two professors have turned up and he feels he's basically saying oh you know don't don't betray me i noticed you know someone's betrayed me and this girl i think is an assistant to him uh gets into a lift and the lift then turns into like a chute that then lands into sharks once again Bond film with sharks in like yeah. <laughs> it, um, and then gets fed to the shark and turns out she's the one who's betrayed him and that's kind of your intro to him as a character kind of intimidating and terrifying these professors that have come to help him so basically say don't fuck me over because this will be this is what will happen uh, to you as well um what are your thoughts on his lair as well i know that's kind of another bond trait for some villains uh you know blofeld yeah for his volcano and stuff
1: like that what do you your thoughts on his like, underwater lair so it's basically a giant crab isn't it <laughs> with these big <laughs> with these big legs um and it's it's kind of it's decorated in this like really sort of fancy posh old fashioned sort of almost like a chateau or something with these mm. oil paintings and um and sort of fine wooden furniture and things in this kind of you know the ultra modern sea crab base is, is pretty cool. It's a it's a cool, a very cool setup he's got. Yeah. Um but I think just just dropping back to him as a character, mm. my first issue with this film, I guess, is I think he's too much like Blofeld. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's overly imaginative as a character. I don't really think he adds anything Other than the fact that he's sort of this, yeah, totalitarian view of the world, I just think he is a carbon copy of Blofeld. Um, Even a lot of his mannerisms and the way he is and his plot and, and all of that, I think it's, that for me is a big issue. Yeah, I
0: think that's a fair point. I think he's outshined by the henchmen in this, which we'll come on to as well. But I mean, I think it's um, testament to the film that, well, in a way, testament to the henchman in Jaws, that he's the person you remember. It wasn't until I watched the film I remembered what the villain was called. And I agree, I, he's very similar in his demeanour to, to what Blofeld is like. Um, so I think from a villain standpoint, although he's relatively well acted, I think, I don't think he's unique enough to, to really stand out amongst other Bond villains especially on the back of scaramanga from golden gun where he's yeah. clearly a big standout for me i think i made a point saying he's probably my favorite up to that point um just from a character perspective but yeah i, I would tend to agree with that i i do love the the crab lair as well i love the 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 interior and the setup as well where he's got this just like classical music playing and he's got these windows that rise up and I think there's a bit where Bond comes on to the, he goes into the lair and he goes, why would I want to go onto to land? It's, I've got everything here. He's like, I've got beauty over there. And he just looks at these beautiful fish, ugly over there. And it's just like, it's like a turtle, like fucking a fish or something. And then turns <laughs> over there and goes, death. I've got death over there. And it's just sharks bobbing about. He just loves being underwater. He loves the water. Yeah. <laughs> Proper loves it. Um, let's go on to We'll, we'll kind of jump in a, in around like we've done before by certain set pieces and scenes and stuff but i wanna i want to go and talk about jaws now um because okay. i i like I think he's great as a henchman um just from the look I guess and he's possibly yeah I think he is probably one of the most memorable and obviously he makes a return in a in the next film which we'll cover in, in that episode but um your thoughts on jaws then
1: I don't like him and that and that for me is probably it's it's probably the biggest reason why this film was a letdown because i i remember jaws as as a character so well Mm. and he's such a you know a a massive part of of the bond culture and, and and bond world and he i i just didn't like him he's He's just a big, strong guy who's got metal teeth. And yeah. he doesn't... Yeah, there's just so many scenes that just annoyed me. And all of the death scenes with with Jaws are crap. Because <laughs> he just... They just pull a stupid face, and he just very slowly nibbles their neck. And then they're dead. and It's, it's just over and over again. It's just... Oh, no, I
0: just... I will, yeah i will give um, you that because there's a scene in egypt where um he's after he was running after fakesh and he yeah. hides in like a i don't know it's part of the tourist attraction that's locked away basically and he goes into like like the pyramid
1: isn't it yeah
0: basically yeah and he locks the door fakesh locks the door behind him jaws takes about 10 minutes to eventually open it with his mouth runs in and then he like you said slowly go it's almost like a vamp like dracula isn't it goes for the neck but you don't hear the impact or it's almost like you don't it's like it never happened and then it comes to him just dropping so i think i think it is maybe it's a sign of the times but um it doesn't quite have the impact that it should perhaps have for such a menacing character of his stature it's clearly you can see um because like the first time you introduced to him, I couldn't help but laugh. It's kind of like Little and Large with the henchmen, because you've got Sandor as well, which I'd forgot about. Who's the? We'll we'll go back on the Jaws, but just Sandor quickly. Um, the other mini henchman that isn't really on screen for long, but it was just Little and Large. Um, he just gets kind of killed off. You know, the fight scene between him and Bond is a bit pathetic. It's almost like it's not the hard punching stuff that we, I guess, are used to with Daniel Craig now later down the line, but no. um, you have the great scene where Sandor's just hanging off the building, and he grabs onto Bond's tie, tells him where he is, and he just like, knocks his tie off, and he just falls yeah. down. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's kind of, he's massively secondary, but Jaws, yeah, I, I disagree with Jaws, I, I really enjoy him. Um, I do agree with, like you said about the, the death scenes can be a bit Awkward and a bit short-lived, um but I think the fight scene in Cairo with the, the with the van that and like when he's like he like lures them in, doesn't he? And into this, uh, he they basically get onto the back of the van, uh, drives all the way into uh yeah center of Egypt near the pyramids and stuff. And he like walks around and they get like kind of lost and they have this fight on the van. Did you at least like that scene or not? Not a fan
1: um <laughs> not really
0: <laughs> <laughs> no
1: yeah no i think so so this this is the scene where um bond and triple x are trying to get away isn't it yeah so
0: basically um jaws has stolen the microfilm uh yeah. from i think his name is max max Calber. max Calber that's it yeah. and uh he jaws is dressed as like a tv repair man or like a repair man gets into a van and bond and triple x both get in that same van they drive for ages and eventually they just turn up to this like egyptian site i guess and they're trying to get the the film off him and they've jaws does the run around and makes them all sort of confused as to where they are they eventually get it off of him and they, yeah, they're trying to get away in the van and he's just
1: like tearing bits of the van off um didn't do it for you then? No, because he's he's just tearing away bits of the van that won't help him get to them, like like the bonnet and like the back panels, but never the door. <laughs> like like he doesn't try and rip the door off so he can get to them. He's just he's just hopeless. I think that's what he's just slow and stupid, and it just it doesn't do anything for me. It, oh. In every scene that he's in, he's just <clears throat> yeah, I don't. No, i don't i don't there's not one redeeming scene <laughs> with him in it <laughs> no come on I th- oh i think he's great um and, I, and, I, yeah, I, that, go on. that that scene as well is what i do like about that scene is the relationship between bond and triple x because yeah, they let's, let's talk about that they um she's she's a great character we will we'll definitely cover her but she's kind of they're they're against each other in they're trying to sort of show each other up and and prove who's best, and she's driving at the time and kind of trying to you know put it in reverse and then back into first and stuff. And he he says to her, "Does it play any other tunes?" As she's like crunching away at the gearbox, which is just yeah. it's just brilliant. And he's just you know being a complete ass and like woman yes. driving and all of this. And she's the look on her face is just like, "Oh fuck off, just let me drive." <laughs> she's really pissed off but yeah but at the same time jaws is just like nibbling on the exhaust pipe or something it's like <laughs> fucking come on <laughs> i do love the um,
0: the one upsmanship in that scene definitely and bond is such a dick because there's a bit there's a scene where like you said jaws is like trying to peel off the roof like a tin can and uh <laughs> And uh, Bond's just playing with the keys. He's just like dangling the keys. And he's like, there's this henchman right in front of you about to de- like devour you. And he's like, yeah, which key is it? Hmm. And it's just like, Triple X yeah. is just like, fuck it, just give me the fucking keys. And then, yeah, all those <laughs> comments that you just said, he's in the absolute wind up merchant in that moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I, I don't mind that scene. I, I think it's quite fun and even kind of ends funny when eventually they get away and Jaws picks up this massive rock that he just drops on his own foot. <laughs> like a bit of uh, comedic relief. Uh, I think he's equally uh, intimidating as a henchman, but is quite good as, like, the comedy side of it as well. Bearing in mind he doesn't say any words, uh, certainly not in this film. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't mind him. I liked the, the fight at the end, and kind of his death is... Well, not, well it's not his death, but his swan song in this film is quite um fun as well where basically Bond is on the, the crab lair let's just call it the crab lair from now on um, he yeah. has a massive fight with Bond and then Bond gets a massive magnet to pick him up by his teeth and drop him in with the sharks <laughs> and then yeah and then Jaws is just fighting with the sharks and eating the sharks um,
1: yeah, yeah, I yeah think... he... go on. Yeah, he, he bites a shark, doesn't he, obviously. And that, that's actually, yeah, I, that's that's probably my favourite scene with, with him in, I guess, is he's in a pool of sharks and he just grabs one and bites it. Yeah. <laughs> like, shit, yeah, yeah he, he is pretty hard. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, sounds like we agree to disagree on that one. I think I was uh, interested in sort of watching the documentary, reading up a bit about it, the, the teeth that he used were so painful for him that he could only wear it for like a few minutes at a time. Because otherwise I can imagine as well, because if you look at them, they're quite, they're almost like, how is, where are his real teeth? Because there's quite, you know, massive yeah. in his mouth. So I can imagine them being so, so painful for him. But um, okay, let's go on to, we've mentioned the Bond girl now in Barbara back as Triple uh, X. So I thought, I know we've kind of covered her slightly uh, what are your th- thoughts on her as a bond girl in in this film
1: I think she's really good i think she she's very attractive oh, <laughs> Which, yeah. Um, yeah very very much so um she comes across as a ditzy she kind of plays that character of a of almost ditzy and 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 not that bright but that just kind of gives Bond this false sense of her. Mm. And then it allows her to, to play him. And she she plays him quite a few times and mugs him off and she really does stand up to him. Um and yeah she's got a few gadgets of her own and she she like knocks him out with this cigarette filled with gas and you think he's kind of gotten her to fall for him but she's just sort of playing him the whole time. Um, and the really interesting twist is where she obviously finds out that bond is the one who's who's killed her um the the bloke that she was with the kind of in love with the the spy who loved her Mm. um and and then it adds this whole dynamic where they're working together but she's very clear that she is going to kill him and and their relationship and and that throughout the film i think is is definitely the best um bond and girl relationship of of any film so far and um probably one of the best kind of relationships altogether, one of the best kind of non villain non baddie characters i think in in a film so far i think she's she's probably the best for me
0: yeah, I agree with all of that um I think their dynamic really is the center of this film, I think, because I think without that it would just be another Bond with another Bond girl but I, I think she gives as good as she gets next to Bond, like we said before it's very much a one-upsmanship throughout the whole film like, oh I see oh, you, you you can do that, well I can do that just as good as you um, I thought there's a really good scene where, uh, I think they're, they're still in Cairo at this point, uh, they're about to meet, meet that Max guy and uh, Bond kind of he gives his, you know, like Bond does on uh, throughout other films where he he states someone's name and then gives all their credentials and background. And, you yeah. know, like you worked on this, you're, you're from here, you were born here, et cetera, et cetera. And Triple X does the exact same thing to Bond and says, you know, 007, blah, blah, blah. And then references his wife, which is the first time is yeah. mentioned. Um, since her her death in Her Majesty's Secret Service, which I thought was a really good touch that because that hasn't been mentioned at all um, in this particular scene, once that is mentioned, Bond is kind of like, right, that's enough. Like You're crossing a line now. And I thought that was quite a a nice touch to bring a bit of a emotion to Bond that I have not really seen certainly from that point. Um, And that kind of, you could see that that was kind of a line for him not to cross. but yeah, I, I think it's great. Like the the whole scene we mentioned about when they get in the van, it's very much following Bond to get into that van, and then just as Bond gets in, she gets in as well, and she's like, "No, I I want to get the, this microfilm. I want I have my own mission as well." It's obviously not until later on where, um, like you said, Bond gets knocked out by that cigarette with the the gas in there. And he goes into this like uh, the base, which will go onto the base again because of what what happens there, uh, which is in like the Valley of the Kings, I think. It's just such a weird setup. He just goes through this, you know, great e- e- Egyptian site, and then he just turns into the M's base. I just thought yeah. it was just M I six base, but it turns out like the uh, the Russian version of M Gogol is there as well, and they're basically saying, "Right, well, we're working together now." Um, and then they obviously have teamed up. But you're right as well with the dynamic of when she finds out that it was bond that killed her lover and she becomes really like cutthroat by that point. She goes, we'll do this mission together. And then once that's done, I'm going to kill you. Um, yeah. and that adds, adds an extra level of suspense on that last mission as well. That once that is over, is she, she going to do it? Is she not? Has she fallen for him by the end, which I guess we can kind of cover now is she does, Because
1: um, <laughs> yeah. it's bond? Um, yeah, spoiler. She, um, yeah, she. There's, a, there's a touch and go moment, isn't there? And then she's just like, well, might as well just fuck him, drink the champagne. <laughs> yeah,
0: that bit. Let's let do that bit as well. The, the very ending. I know we're jumping around, but the ending's great. I mean, he's all he's all in a boat again, which seems to be like maybe the fifth or sixth Bond film now yeah. that ends with him on the sea somewhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I probably will say, I don't know if you've written it down as your one of your one liners, the last line.
1: Um, you you say it <laughs> okay
0: well yeah so he so um he's in like this what is it like an escape pod uh that's bobbing on the water and eventually M and the other guys and Gogol are looking in the window and he's like Bond what are you doing and he's like keeping the British end up sir <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: so good isn't it and then it's just so this,
0: this curtain drops and it's like
1: fuck yeah. off
0: <laughs>
1: um, and then it just I love ki- that um I love the the escape pod it's just kind of like yeah, the um, <laughs> it's it's like this big circular bed, isn't it? Like a circular yeah. sofa bed. It's just a complete shag pad with champagne and um and just all these drinks in there. And he just like, yes, Stromberg. Like, <laughs> like yeah, that. No, nice knew what set he was up. doing when he when he when he built that, didn't he? This, yeah, love yeah, it. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, that is um that is a great scene. But yeah, I think uh, go back to her as a bon girl. Definitely, um, character-wise, I can't speak for her acting. I don't think her acting's a bit wooden in this, um, but I don't think that's what why she was hired. To be honest, mm. um, but there she is a she is a great um, great Bond villain.
1: Um, but on um, on on the acting and, and it being wooden, I actually think in a weird way it it adds to her character. It kind of. It makes her a bit more um, sort of unknown and mysterious, mm. I think, because she doesn't really have any personality, does she? She's a very yeah. wooden character. It's, I- it's almost like that that's what you expect from a KGB um, agent as well. And kind of she's she's Russian, so obviously English isn't her first language. And mm. I don't know, maybe I'm making excuses for her terrible acting just because she's really <laughs> hot. But... <laughs>
0: But no, I think there is a bit to that, though. I think because it's only up to the halfway point where um, there's that scene on the boat where Bond feels like he's, you know, he's making a pass, isn't he? He's trying to get her to fall for him. And we, I certainly was up to that point. I'd forgotten that scene and was kind of like, "Oh, this is the scene they kiss." You know, this seems to be the same point in every Bond film up, up till here. This is where they kiss. And actually, it's like, no. And she's done him over. She takes the microfilm, to goes back to KGB and says, all right, I've done my mission. And Bond looks yeah. just look like an idiot. Um, <laughs> gets shown up massively. And there's a bit as well where they're, you know, they're looking at this, um, I think it's like a picture or a, uh, some document on, the, on a screen. And they're like, oh, I think it's this. And they're like, actually, no, I think it's this. And they're like arguing between them and they're <laughs> Em and Gogol are like two proud parents saying, look at her, look at these two. They're such a great match. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was great. Um, let's talk about the gadgets in this and then we'll yeah. end on the car because I think you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, gadgets in this. I know we mentioned a few at the start about the, the fax machine watch and the ski um, gun. Um, about the scene in the base as well with the gadgets. It's been, it feels like it's been a while since we've seen a, like Q's branch uh, live in action.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's cool because it's, it's Q's branch, but in the pyramids. Mm, yeah, <laughs> um, and and that whole that whole base is cool. You you kind of mentioned it um, just then. It's I love how it's exactly the same layout as MI6, but just in a pyramid, and <laughs> kind of Moneypenny's got her own room, and it looks exactly the same. And then it kind of they go through into what would be M's office. Um, but the, yeah, the KGB guys in there instead. <laughs> I love yeah, I love that. It's just a great kind of, yeah, just a great adding to the to the film just to make it look exactly the same. <clears throat> but yeah, Q's Q's branch is cool. <laughs> He's got some outrageous gadgets in there, like a tea tray that just fires and decapitates a head. And it's like, when would that ever be used? <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah, it's just exactly. Alleged, just the standard nuts stuff that's just funny and fun to watch isn't it
0: yeah i i made a point of that it was like yeah the tea tray guillotine i called it it's like when <laughs> when is anyone going to be at the perfect height like that is going to be very circumstantial to get your your tea tray guillotine ready and there's one that's like a there's got like a shisha pipe but it's a machine gun <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, what? i love how they are just like egyptian gadgets they just set yeah, up for, yeah, the, yeah. for where he is and there's one it's like a camel saddle with a knife that comes through it yeah it's like and he goes what is that that will make your eyes water or something <laughs> oh he's just so there is some great one liners in this as well um yeah but yeah i thought the gadgets were great uh, i think the main gadget uh, which takes us onto the car is the lotus itself uh which is probably i think Maybe you'll agree, maybe the second most popular bond car after the D B five. Yeah, definitely. What are your thoughts on the the Lotus?
1: It's it's very fitting, I think, with for Roger Moore as a bond. I think that kind of if you think of Connery and the D B five and then compare <clears throat> compare Moore to to Connery and then give him a white lotus spree. I think it just fits that their their characters and their portrayal of bond really well. Um it's yeah it's very 70s as well it's just so it's really fitting with the film and and it's great the 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 actual kind of chase scene with that car is really good. Um with this motorbike sidecar that's just this massive rocket it's like yes. this sing, single use <laughs> sidecar that's like <laughs> enough explosives to, like, blow up a small building. <laughs> brilliant. It's brilliant. But it's, um, yeah, it's a really good car chase. And then, obviously, the the Lotus turns into Wet Nelly and is this submarine. <laughs> um, yeah, it's cool. And it's got a load of gadgets in it. And I love, actually, the scene where um, X starts pressing a load of buttons and does, like, useful things. And Bond's like, "How did you know to do that?" She's like, "I stole the blueprints for this two years ago." Yeah, that's a good touch. <laughs> it's, a, it's really good touch. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah. But one disappointing thing for me is I feel that the whole scene of it as a submarine, I don't think they they made the most of it. I think I think yeah. they could have done more somehow. It just it wasn't as um, exciting. And probably not as long as it could have been. I think they could have had more um, more of a battle underwater with this submarine doing cool stuff. I, I don't think they made the most of it, considering they built this Lotus submarine.
0: Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, so I think that's a fair point. I mean, I guess up to that point, that chase is quite a long chase, isn't it? Because it goes from, yeah. like you said, it's a uh, he's being chased in the Lotus by a motorbike. Then it's a car that Jaws is in then it's a helicopter, and then it's, you know, the scuba divers under the sea, and they've got this kind of nautical machine thing that kind of is equal to the to the Lotus um, as well. It's quite a long scene, but um, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, maybe you could have done longer. I, I don't know if this comes back in the franchise. I don't think it does, um, but it does seem synonymous with Roger Moore as much as the DB5 is with Connery, and how funny that it's the third th- th- uh, the third film for each actor that this seems to be the thing that that ties them together as well. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I really really liked it. I liked that it kind of harks back to the DB five and you know all the gadgets that that had, and this has got a few similar. It's got like you know, but underwater, it's got like the smoke screen that they use um and the rocket as well that he's underwater and the helicopter's above the water and the rocket shoots through and i thought that was quite a good
1: scene um that's that's quite a surprising scene actually as well i thought because i didn't expect her to just get killed off by yeah. by them so easily as well and they just shoot her helicopter out the sky and it's like oh. yeah
0: because she's almost like although she is a, a I wouldn't say hench woman, but she works for stromberg yeah. um and then, you know, they're kind of toying with each other, are not they? they? Because she's in the helicopter and there's a scene where Roger Moore looks at his car window and she's like waving at him like, cooey. And they see Moore's so like, you know, Bond's just smiling back. And then he has no hesitation to just blow her up in, yeah. you know, a really brutal fashion. Um, but I guess, you know, you've got to do what you've got to do. Um, yeah, I really like it. Um, it's a great car. It just reminded me of Elon Musk's car that was announced like two years ago. It's very similar. You know, the one that was like, they tried to smash the windows and it actually did smash.
1: Yeah. Um, So, so interesting. You said that because Elon Musk owns that Lotus.
0: Ah, okay. So there you go. Heavy inspiration then.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh, nice one. um,
0: That does explain that then. Um, Yeah. Very, very similar. Um, We'll go into, I think we've covered a few, but it's, um, action set pieces. Um, I think there's, we've covered the, I think probably the main one, actually, no, we haven't covered the main one. I'll come onto to that in a moment, but, uh, just quickly cover the, there's another train fight in this, which I didn't think was, I thought it was okay, but it just really reminded me of the one at the end of Live and Let Die, considering we yeah. just watched it. It was very similar. I don't know which one's better. I think the Live and Let Die one's slightly longer. Um. But, uh it does have a great one liner where bond is fighting jaws jaws is in the cupboard <laughs> which is the perfect size for him apparently because he's <laughs> such a hedge bastard he's just standing in there and i don't know about you when uh triple x opens the door uh to the cupboard and he's in there it a the sound of the train's horn plays it actually made me jump because it's <laughs> so loud it's just quiet up until that point because it will just like i think bond's trying to Seduce her, isn't it? They? Because they're in two separate rooms on the same train, um, yeah. and they're like, "I'm um, in an arm." Whether they should go into one other's room, and then Jaws just is in there. But yeah, I think it's a it, it, it good fight. Um, I don't know what your thoughts on on that scene were, or if you made a note of it.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's classic Jaws, very slow. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a, it's an okay fight. It's um, it just sort kind of cements Jaws strength and his um it's almost like that austin powers thing it's just like why won't you die it's just he's yeah. just this character that you just cannot get rid of isn't it yeah, um definitely. but there's this one really odd bit where jaws has this plank of wood in his hand and he just bites it and it's just there's absolutely no no reason he doesn't there's no benefit of him biting it he just chews through this piece of wood I don't know why. And it's like, yeah, we know you've got male teeth. You don't just have to bite everything.
0: Like, <laughs> does, you know? It does have the best, one of the best wild in the film, though, when eventually he throws him off the train and Triple X goes, uh, <laughs> what, what was that or who was that? And he goes, oh, he's just come in for a quick bite. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, Roger. That's a, have a good one. I mean, he should do a shot every time he pulls off a great one line in this film. He'd be yeah. pissed halfway through, I think. <laughs> uh, it's, it's honestly, he absolutely nails them. I can absolutely credit him now. I have much more respect for him this second running of his yeah. one-liners and the delivery as well. It's just brilliant.
1: Definitely, um, yeah. This, this film does have... Um, yeah, it's got a lot of one-liners and it's up to, it's up to Moore's usual standard of just... Like you say, absolutely nailing them, and and they all work, and they're all they're all so funny.
0: <laughs> he just pulls them off, and he, even that scene as well, which were uh, when he comes um, when he's in the Lotus and he's underwater and he he drives back onto shore, which does remind me of the movie Jaws as well, when the the shark. I wonder if that was intentional. Um, but yeah. he 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 winds his window down and just holds a fish and just drops it <laughs> and looks at someone like smirking like. <laughs> and I just, he's just, he just pulls it off all so well. It's just, it's really fun. Um, yeah. I made a note of, um, they used Lawrence Arabia, of Arabia's theme in this. You know that scene where they're walking through the desert lost? And there's yeah. even that scene where he's got the full on like get up as well, like Lawrence of Arabia. He's, <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's Roger Moore, just fully embraces the camper side of Bond, I think. I always yeah. think I try not to think like this watching these films again, but I'm like, would Connery do that? And I think I'm really starting to embrace this. Like, we've moved on now from Bond as Connery and and kind of embracing more of what Roger Moore can bring to the same role. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> is there any sort of other one-liners that stood out for you, or any other moments in this film that stood out for you?
1: Um, he's got a he's got a great one-liner in the. The final fight with Jaws, is not he? When he turns the magnet on, and he, he kind of sticks his face to it. He just says, <laughs> "How does that grab you?" <laughs> it's, oh. it's just
0: great. There's one that I made a point of just quickly. Um, right at the start, which we, again in, is part of the intro, they're like, "Em's uh, like, where's Bond?" and uh, "Money Penny's on." He's on a mission, and he goes. And M's like, well, tell him to pull out immediately. Cut to Bond sleeping with Bond <laughs> Bond girl. At the same point, I was like, that is pure tongue in cheek, brilliant like scripting right there. I thought that was absolutely classic. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. So I think we've we've missed out kind of the the major fight scene, haven't we? Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, tell a
0: lie. The
1: massive like
0: submarine yeah. set
1: piece as well. Yeah, Rich. let's
0: let's talk about that
1: quickly. Yeah. So so that's. That's a pretty big scene, isn't it? Um, where they, there's Bond gets this flat-packed um, jet ski, which is kind of like um, like his helicopter, but a, a flat-packed jet ski, which is just really cool when they build it. And then he goes off to kind of sneak up on the on the crab layer, <clears throat> and then he he gets in there and um, and helps all of the the. Um, kind of hostaged sub sub people get out isn't it yeah that's it um and and yeah it just it ends in this sort of mass mass fight where they're they're kind of um they're hunkered down in the control room that's sort of impenetrable bond then takes apart this nuclear weapon to take out the i don't know the, the firing mechanism or whatever to blow yeah. a hole in the in their in their control room and there's um that's quite a that's quite a cool scene and then there's just this big this big action action set piece of lots of um lots of shooting and explosions and it's it's pretty good it's pretty classic bond um big base big military fight isn't it
0: yeah i think it's i'm surprised i forgot to mention it really because it is one of the yeah, biggest pieces of this film. One of the biggest action set pieces as well. I think it's quite... It it, um, it reminded me a lot of You Only Live Twice and it, I realise it's because it's the same director that did it. It's Lewis Gilbert, who I think he's only done You Only Live Twice prior to this. And it reminds me of that massive volcano set, uh, volcano lair set that has... And it probably is the last time there was a, as big a shootout as this and I think this is slightly bigger with you know you know essentially the the set that they've got they've got two submarines in there and you know it's just it's huge that whole room is huge and how they it goes on for quite a while but it's not not in a bad way it's just they just it never gets boring you've got that whole thing as well where their bond's like sneaking on this like i don't know it's like a it's like a disco ball thing hanging from the ceiling and he just like slides across to try and like blow up that like like uh, barrier, isn't it? To the control room. But yeah, it's such a great shootout. Um, and I think triple uh, X gets taken by this point with Stromberg to hit to the actual lair and they're kind of stuck on this, um, this submarine sort of base tanker. Yeah. Think, so it's it? actually, that's it.
1: Yeah, that's it. So it's a, it's a massive tanker that, that they're on. And mm. yes, yeah, it's, it's not actually the, the crab layer, is it? It's this big, it's this big tanker. That's it. Um, yeah, and it's yes, yeah, it's, it's good. It's it's um, it is it's quite a long scene, but it's there's lots of different elements to it. Um, and it's yeah, it's great. Yeah, I
0: thought it was I thought it was um, really good as well. It, I always have
1: a, a special place for it
0: because um, Stanley Kubrick, who's possibly my favourite director, was called in to help on the lighting as well. And I'm watching it as well. You can kind of see that he's got some blueprint on it and it's quite good i think uh to the idea that they've got some an established director to come and help in a bond film mm-hmm. of all things as well and i think this was also one of the few films bond films that might have won an oscar or certainly nominated for the set design in this and i think it's quite well deserved because it is it's really stand out as as something in this film that's quite epic i would say because that fight is is that shootout is is quite epic considering it's kind of half and half, like you said, of the uh, Stromberg's henchmen versus the submarine staff that are there that are challenging back. So yeah, really good, uh, really good set piece.
1: Yeah, there's one, there is one bit of this though that that really lets it down for me, and I don't understand why necessarily. So. They've got this massive set and this massive scene, and there's kind of three submarines there, and there's this massive ship, and you know, it's kind of no expense spared, big budget stuff. And then Stromberg escapes with Triple X, and the scene of them flying off the back of this boat in a speedboat is just appalling, just like it's unacceptable. Thunderbirds, like scene model crap. And it, it's so obvious and I watched it probably five times and maybe that's why I'm so harsh on this film because I watched that bit over and over again just because I had to see how shit it was. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't get it. After all of that, you know, they've built this lotus that's turns into a sub. They've got the biggest kind of battle scenes you've probably ever seen up until that point in a film with submarines and all the rest of it. And then this terrible little plaster boat.
0: I remember you, you sent me a, a, a screenshot of that moment didn't yeah. you? Just before I'd got to it whilst I was watching it and so I, I did the same thing of pausing it, rewinding it and looking at it again in slow motion and it, yeah I, I'd have to agree to be fair. Um, I think they've made such an effort on this massive shootout that it's quite lazy and it's not like the Bond franchise has not dealt with miniatures and stuff before Mm. and they've dealt with it and all you know as we're watching it we go yeah that's a miniature but it never felt really out of place whereas this one seemed to be if you'd have cut it or edited it slightly better or fast paced and not make the the fact that these are the little models in a model boat um you could have pulled that off slightly better because um, yeah. it obviously does cut to them in an actual speed boat um they could have just I think they just the whole scene of the speedboat just like jumping out of the of the tanker is just kind of probably just cut it out. Um, but yeah, I guess it was kind of a, a lazy point after such a climactic moment uh, to throw in there. So, yeah, good point. Fair point. Yeah. Um OK, right now. So we'll go on to your quick summary and your rating of Spy Who Loved Me.
1: OK, Um. I. I really like the opening scene. I think it's brilliant. I like, I love the premise of, of Britain and Russia working together to, to save the world. I think that's that's cool, especially given like the timing that it was. Um, I think that's great. Triple um, X, that major Anya, she, she for me is a really standout character um, and was probably the biggest surprise of, of the film. I didn't expect her to be such a great character um the whole egypt portion of this film i find really boring um i just think it it's it's long and it's tedious and i don't think anything really happens um so yeah there's probably half an hour in this film that i was just sort of waiting for something to to happen and the only things that happen is jaws that i that i've made clear i don't i don't like as a as a character, as a as a henchman, it's just it's just too much. It's too much for me. I think um, Stromberg is a mixed bag. I think he's a he's a great villain. Um, I love the fact that he's kind of got this this view of the world, and there's nothing that can stop him. Um, but he's too he's too much a copy of of Blofeld yeah. um, from from You Only Live Twice, and that's that's my favourite villain. That's that's my yeah. favorite Bond baddie so far, um, so to just have such a copy that isn't as good um, is 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 a letdown for me. I think the gadgets are great, Wet and Early's brilliant, but I don't think they make the most of it. Yeah. Um, actually, one one redeeming thing um, that we kind of touched on before about how Scaramanga dies—it's—it's it's just he gets shot and that's it. Yeah. Um, and Stromberg's death is very similar, and he does—he just gets shot. And I—I I wonder whether that's because *Live and Let Die* had the most ridiculous, mm. stupid um, death of a villain that they kind of learn actually—that's—that's that's not cool. Um, Rain it down a it, bit. Yeah, it—it it leaves the—it leaves the kind of comedy death to the henchman, and that's. That's very much copied in this as well, isn't it? Um, yeah. And yeah, I like I like the classic, very Connery esque ending of them on this. Yeah, kind of floating escape pod. Um, but it ends on a really shit version of the theme tune. That's it's almost like um, like a carry on film. I was going to say the same thing. Carry yeah. on. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand why. Like, because it, it just has this odd carry-on film version of, of the theme, and then it cuts to the actual theme, and it's like, just stick with Carly Simon straight away. I don't... <laughs> there's no need for that. Um, so, yeah, on talking about it, I feel like I want to increase my score, but mm. I'm going to stick with the 7 out of 10 that <sighs> I've given it.
0: Ouch. OK. OK, well, but- I think you had a fair rationale to give your seven so i thought it was gonna be lower based on how disappointed you were at the
1: start of this no because um, i i am um, i think it's a good film um i yeah i just i don't like jaws and i i do i do think it's slightly forgettable um okay but yeah yeah seven out of ten nice yourself okay. what, what are you saying?
0: I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, I think the intro, like I said, I think it's, i don't get me wrong, Goldfinger as an intro is not that far behind it. I just think the, the Union Jack piece, I think it's just brilliant. I think it's the best intro so far. Um, I think we haven't really talked about Roger Moore himself as Bond um, in this, but I, you can definitely feel that he's comfortable in the role now. He's made it his own three films in, same as Connery. He's, he's, you know, synonymous with the role now in this uh, timeline of Bond as a, as a character. Um, and I think it really shows he's much more confident. His delivery of lines is great. His one-liners are just perfect. He just has the timing down to a T. Um, again, agree with you with Triple X, Barbara Back. I think she is a great character. Possibly one of the better characters of a Bond girl so far. I think that dynamic is really interesting, of the one-upsmanship between them, and like the having to work together, especially towards the end when actually they she wants to kill him. I think that was a nice touch that that is relatively straightforward and simple, um, but does add an extra layer to the whole relationship between them because you just don't know at the end. You know, are they going to be together, or is she going to kill him? And it's the kind of that extra bit that hasn't had hasn't appeared in the previous Bond films um I think Stromberg is a good villain I wouldn't say great um he is very carbon copy of Blofeld um yeah I think uh, to a degree I agree with his death although I think it is slightly more brutal to Scaramangas because he's shot like four times and as he's reacting to the first shot Bonds are still shooting him as his face is just falling into his dinner uh, <laughs> so it is quite brutal um But yeah, I mean, the main talking point, I think, for this film is Jaws. And I think it's uh, obvious now knowing that he, uh, you know, appears in the second film as well. He obviously did really well with fans um, for him to then come back because up to this point, that hasn't happened in the franchise at all. Um, Other than some, you know, Blofeld as the main villain, I guess. Um, But yeah, I I think he's great. I think he's a really recognisable henchman. Uh, probably one of the most popular. I'd put him alongside odd job as you know some of the great henchmen. I know you're tutting <laughs> in the background, but I, I think he's you know he's you know he's the guy with the metal teeth. You know that's his thing. Um, albeit, I, I'll give you the fact that some of the death scenes that he's biting people are pretty lame. Um, gadgets are great, all great fun. I love the, the car underwater car. I think that's great. It's nice, to think, now to have, I would say, the most recognisable Bond car again, the, the second car up until this point in the in the franchise that people just recognise as a Bond car. And then you mentioned about, like, Musk has owned that car, so you can see, you know, it's got quite a bit of status, I guess, in, in the yeah. film world. Um, yeah, I think the plot is very reminiscent of You Only Live Twice as well, which I know we said is the same director, but very as as in you only live twice it was um uh shuttles that were eaten alive by another bigger shuttle in this it's submarines getting eaten up by a tanker And i just thought that was quite interesting but oh uh, yeah i think the big action set piece with those in the tanker and the submarines is great really well done so score wise i've given this a nine right yeah which puts this second behind goldfinger um, I actually bumped it above Doctor No. And I think reason being is because I enjoyed it way more than I remembered I enjoyed it before. And I think it's massively down to the relationship with uh, between Bond and Triple X in this. I think that is the heart of this film. Um, I think without it, I think it would just be a bit standard. Um, but yeah, so that, so it's currently ranking second for me. Uh, we didn't mention where yours currently sits then amongst the ten films, eleven films is it?
1: Yeah so since since discussing this again I've I've moved it up to be my to be my top number kind of seven out of ten film okay um, so where does where does you only live twice rank for you then? So it's fourth okay so for me. For me i think you can you can tell you know it's the same director it's a very similar plot um it just it's just a um i feel this is just a bad version of that or not a bad version but just a a not as not as good yeah um so so for me uh, it's it's around it's around five or six um just behind dr no but whether it's in front of or just behind them let die
0: not sure no it's not knocked golden gun off near the top spot then because i know that was quite high for you last time
1: (laughs) that's that's number two yeah oh no yeah that's number two nice but i think it might stay there for a while i think
0: (laughs) it's gonna be hard to top it i think it's quite a good conversation because i think possibly this is the most we've disagreed on the bond films so far i think it's fair to say the connery ones we were pretty much on the same wavelength most of the way so yeah this seems to be the bigger gap perhaps between our ratings and uh, rankings as well Uh, thanks again for another episode today Um, so the next episode is Moonraker now I don't really again remember this one that well other than the the Bond girl's surname is Goodhead which yes. is, brings up a <laughs> great one-liner, which I am dying to revisit. So, um, do you just, Moonraker stand out for you as another film that you want to re-
1: revisit? Or, yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to watching it again because I, I'm the same. I can't, I can't remember it. I know, I know the the baddie in it, Brax, um, yeah. and and that's about it. Um, I can't really remember what it's about, um, but I know that it was my mum's favourite Bond film, I think.
0: Wow, OK. Um,
1: yeah, so I don't know why, but um, yeah, maybe she found Goodhead funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I but thought it was
0: interesting, because at the end of Spy Who Loved Me, you know, in the credits, they usually say what the next film is. They've yeah. said it was for euros only. But because Star Wars was so big around this time, they went let's put bond in space so hence That's why neat. you've got moonraker um so yeah i'm keen to check to see if bond in space really does work on our really remember but um right. yeah thanks again <laughs> thanks again for today and i'll speak to you next episode for moonraker
1: yeah cool nice one cheers jack